I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. And I went to the casting and I look around, pre-COVID, and everyone is like high heels, little mini skirts and a top, like a, a little, you know, like going out top. Mm. And I'm sitting in my tennis shoes and my like neon shorts and my turquoise sports bra going, I mean, it must be a different character. So I come in there and the whole scene is like, I completely misunderstood it. world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in the industry and I make them share some uh, awkward or embarrassing audition stories. If you're not yet subscribed to the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to right now. You can also leave us some love in the form of rates, reviews, stars, whatever it is that you see on that screen there. Today on the show, we have Nina Berkman. You may know her from Doom Annihilation, Hell Hath No Fury, The Car Road to Revenge. She has a brand new movie called Cold Meat. Uh, she's a very impressive woman, and uh, what a fantastic story. I'm very excited to share our conversation. So here's my talk with Nina. 
and welcome to the show, Nina. Hi. Very excited to have you on the show today. Um, it's lovely to meet you. So nice to meet you too. Yeah, I'm excited to be on. Um, this has been a really fun adventure for me recording um, podcasts and learning about my fellow actors uh, throughout these years. So it's it's really cool and I'm excited to have you. I uh, have a very specific film that I cannot wait to talk to you about. Uh, <laughs> but, but before I get to that, um, the first thing I love to ask my guests is what made you want to be an actor? Mm. Well, I, I never made the choice. It's just, uh, I just always knew. I, I, was, I yeah. always knew I was going to be a performer. Um, I just always, um, I just always knew it since I was four years old, like that magical, um, my grandmother was a performer. She was a singer. My grandfather, um, uh, played in Ivan the Terrible and worked with Chekhov and some of the greatest, you know, Russian um, talents. And I just, uh, got exposed to it at a very young age. And my dad was a professor at the Danish film school. So it was just, uh, something magical about it. You know, the world you could disappear in and the world where on stage you were loved. Uh, mm. it was just, um, I just always knew this is, this is, I, I don't know. I, I guess for me, it chose me. I didn't choose it. I, I think if I could do anything else, I would, for sure be doing that <laughs> I don't have any other talents <laughs> I fully understand that yeah uh, well it sounds like your family was very much so entrenched in the business too um did did your dad did your parents want you to to pursue acting or were they more like oh lord I don't know if you want to follow my footsteps <laughs> no uh you know because my parents are not actors my dad is a professor so for him, right. education is key, you know, mm. and my mom is a brainer, you know, um, uh, you know, she's one of those super brains who reads a book every day. So uh, they never wanted me to get into it because my dad wanted me to have a real profession, you mm. know, and um, and uh, but they never, you know, they were very encouraging with whatever I did. I mean, I, I, I created my first TV show when I was seven. Um, that was pretty, um, interesting, <laughs> you know, seven <laughs> years old. I choreographed it. I wrote the whole thing. I did my lookbook. I had like storyboarded it. I, and, uh, oh my, my dad just, it was always like, he just let me do whatever I wanted to do. You know, I was one of those kids that would go, we have a walking street in Denmark and I would just go perform like, you know, um, with my girlfriend, I would choreograph like this, like super cool dance to like CNC music factory or something. And my dad would go <laughs> and support us. Like I was just always performing and he was always supporting me. That's so amazing. I love that so much. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. what was your journey? Um, so you're from Denmark. So yes. what was your, what was your journey? Like, did you go to university before coming to the States? What, how did you navigate getting into the entertainment industry? Well, um, I, I went to the Royal Danish ballet when I was like seven, I think six or seven. And then I got kicked out because I was too clumsy and they told me I shouldn't uh, be a ballerina. And then <laughs> I went to the Danish singing school to try to get in. They told me I was tone deaf. The acting school, I couldn't get in. And then I was like, after they kicked me out at the Royal Danish Ballet, I decided I was going to be a ballerina. 
And then mm. I got a scholarship to school in England. And then I went to the Bolshoi Theater when I was, you know, 15. And then I became a ballerina um, from one wow. of the most prestigious schools. Um, and then I came to New York when I was 16 uh, because I was a high school dropout. You know, I never finished my regular school. And I mm. knew enough to know that acting was a craft. So if I really wanted to learn it, I had to go to school to be taken seriously. Because I really wanted to be taken seriously. And, and from the ballet world, I understood how important it was to perfect your craft and, and go to school yeah. and learn. Wow. So that was my journey. That's amazing. So you came to New York at, at 16. Yes. And you immediately got into learning the craft of acting. Yes. And well, then immediately, was- I mean, you know, I was flailing around. I didn't know anyone. Right. My parents weren't supporting me. I, mm. you know, had to make money. I, you know, worked as a dishwasher. I didn't have my papers. I was there illegally. I had no money. And then I started doing random gigs. And then I became, you know, an amateur boxer and started making money, you know, as a cocktail waitress and backgammon club, did my fighting, did my modeling, did my things had to take my GET, my SATs, and then finally got into NYU, you know? So it was, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't a, a easy journey. That uh, is so yeah. badass. So, uh, yeah. So I, I just knew I had a, I don't know how, I just knew in my gut that for me, at least I needed to go to school because I had a very thick accent and nobody, hmm. you know, you, you, you know, you're, you're so young. Nobody took me seriously. And I, mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to do it. And, and I just, I didn't know what exactly. I just knew I wanted to perform. And I knew mm. that dance was not expressive enough um, to, you know, it was, you know, it was limited when mm. it came to expressions, you know. So I, I went to musical theater school, actually. That's how I started. Wow. Okay. I feel like you need to write your life story into a a mini series or something because just that, just like your teenage years all the way up to like NYU, I would watch a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it was a, you know, when it's your own life, it's always like, whatever, you know, uh, I, I didn't have a choice, you know, looking back, uh, you know, I mean, I don't recommend it to anyone and I have two little sisters and I will never let them do what I did. Uh, and it wasn't, um, very safe or easy, but you know, uh, I mean, at least when I was that age, I was like, I felt like I was an adult and I had no fear. You know, I yeah. was just, I wasn't going to go back to Denmark. You just decided t- to do it and you did it. And I, yeah, I was just excited. I was now, you know, in New York and it's City awesome. by myself, freedom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just yeah. uh, freedom. And I realized very fast that, you know, that's why I, I, I fell in love with America, because it's like, if you if you're good, you'll get a chance. You know, we're in Denmark. Yeah. I was really good. And there's just one school. And if you don't get in, you know, then that's that. Where, you know, here, you know, if you keep at it eventually and you're good and you work hard, you will get some sort of shot somewhere. So, Mm. yeah. So that was very encouraging for me. So you go to NYU. Yes. You experience this. And then what was like the first... Do you remember the first professional acting job that you booked that you were like, oh, man, I was right. Ha ha. Look at me go. 
No, I never. I mean, I did lots of plays when I was in New York. You know, I never felt like, uh, uh, I never felt that with the acting, you know, I felt it with the ballet because I got into the best school in the world and I was mm. like, oh yeah. Yeah. But with acting, it was, I just loved the, the craft and I, you know, it was a very slow, I did a play and then I got like an under five at all my children mm. as a French something. And then they had me back as a German nurse then, you know, um, and then meanwhile, I was, I was making money, you know, NYU was 30,000 at the time per semester that yeah. I had to make. Um, so it was, you know, I was constantly, you know, burned out completely, uh, yeah. burned out trying to go to school and, and work and, and audition at the same time. So I finally just, uh, came over here to LA and started working. Mm. I just, yeah, I couldn't keep it up. I couldn't, I couldn't finish four years. I couldn't do it. I just had to start working. So for me, yeah, for me, it was never uh, like that. I, I, I did sometimes get fed up with the acting and I did feel, feel very restricted when I came to Los Angeles. I started booking a lot, but it was a lot of like TV, cheesy TV hosting, you know, one year book 24 commercials um, wow. you know, so I would just say yes to everything and, but it wasn't what I really wanted to do. So then, mm -hmm. uh, I would write music and I would go and sing with my band and I would write all my own music, get it all out on the road. And then I would come back and go another round. Um, and so I did that for a few years until it was like, I got my record deal. I lived out my, my dream as a musician. And then I was like, well, if I really got to commit, I can't do both. I have to like, yeah. I can't be gone for three to six months on the road. So yeah. I had to like choose if I really wanted to do it. Mm. So that, that's what happened. Uh, speaking of singing, this brings me to the movie that I'm very excited to talk to you about, which is Repo, the genetic opera. <laughs> <laughs> I, you don't understand what <laughs> large effect that movie had on my teenage years. Like my friends and I were obsessed with that movie. We would consistently just like out of nowhere be like, Sidrate comes in a little glass vial. Like out of nowhere. It just was like the movie of my friend group. So I have to know all about filming that. That is hilarious. Um, well, I, um, it was, it's, it's so long ago. Like I just came um, and Patrick Swayze was cast as the main guy in the movie. And then, um, I can't remember, he was sick or something. He wasn't doing well. He Somehow he mm. pulled out and then they needed another name. And then the part that I was supposed to play, I was replaced by Paris Hilton. Oh my God. Yes. And all of the singing is actually, a lot of the singing is me singing and they like blended our voice together. I worked with this guy named Yoshiki from X Japan who, who did all of the music. So it was one of those bittersweet because it was one of those you were talking about. Yes, I booked it. And then they needed a name. And then I was with place with Paris Hilton. And then, um, I remember they used my, my singing cause she couldn't sing. I have a three octave range and I'm operatically trained, you know? So yeah, it was one of those, it was one of those painful ones. So I'm in it because I'm singing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't in it in it. I can't remember if I oh ended up gosh. Yeah, I think I ended up playing something. Yeah, it was a it was a very painful experience into the industry. Wow. Oh my <laughs> gosh. 
I feel like I just got the inside totally did. on that movie. <laughs> I'm so excited. You totally, but yeah, like, you totally did. That's horrible. Oh my god. Yeah, that's the, that's the industry. And then I would go. I would remember that's when I went with my band, and I was like, "Okay, that's great," you know. And then I yeah. just go and sing my own music and scream. And then I ended up getting my record deal, you know, because I it was just. Wow. I love the craft of acting, but the industry was kind of rough on me because my skin yeah. wasn't as, as thick as it is now, you know? Yeah. I mean, now I don't care. You know, if I don't get this one, <laughs> I'll get the next one. I'll, you know, I just don't care anymore. Where back then it was like, I thought I was going to die, you know? Because when you first start out, you think this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it, you know? Like the first big thing was, uh, I think with John Malkovich, I booked something with John Malkovich. I was the lead. We shot in Switzerland. We shot all over. And um, I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. You know? So so it's like, you know, when I'm learning in this industry, there is no there, there. Because then there's the next one and the next one and the next one. And, you know. Yeah. Just well, and you just, it. you just never know like what's going to be the one that hits, you know, it can be the most random things in the world that all yeah. of a sudden people are like, wow, we love this. And, yeah. you know, ones that you've, cause that's happened to me where it's like, I've done films where I'm like, this is it. This is going to put me on the map. I know it. And then it comes out and you're like, that's it. That's it. Nothing. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. People aren't calling me yet. I don't understand. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about Doom Annihilation and what that was like to film. Because it seems like such a, a wild experience. Yeah, it was um it was fun. Um I w- I shot it was Universal Pictures, mm-hmm. so I was in Bulgaria and I shot another Universal movie not too long before that called The Car. So I was familiar with Bulgaria, knew a lot of uh the team, the stunt team, you know, over mm-hmm. there. 
um and um it was a lot of fun because it was with monsters you know and um you know they hire some great they have a great team over there with um that that would you know uh help us prep and and we will do all the previouses and rehearse and um and uh, I, I you know i spent so much time in bulgaria i started falling in love with it because i just spent mm. three months prior to that and then i came and it's an ensemble cast so it's always fun because then you can breathe because it's yeah. you're, you're just a part of the cast you know you're not carrying the movie so um yeah it was fun and and tony giglio the director he's he was great um it was it was a it was a very fun experience um and you know it's a video game so i i seem to be attracting those <laughs> those video games hey video games are great so yeah. yeah i think the more of that the better i think that um i don't know video games to me are like such an interesting medium and and so cool to see how they're using actors now and and really giving yeah. you know such life to them it's just so fun to watch yeah but they're great characters some of them yeah yeah Yeah. i mean call of duty she's you know battery in call of duty she is she's cool i mean she's she's an amazing character they should make a movie about her agreed i agree well it's like the last of us the last of us is like I, yes. I think one of the best TV series to come out in recent years and the video game is so good. Yeah. And then they were able to just build such a fantastic world in the TV series based off of the video game. And wow. yeah, that's yeah. cool shit. Cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, on the show, I like to ask actors to share um, audition stories of things that may have gone wrong in the room or funny moments. Um, do you have any stories like that? Well, I have, I mean, uh, you know, like the Doom audition. I remember I did a self-tape and they're always like, you know, you can't eat at a self-tape. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if I'm going to eat, I'm just going to eat the whole scene and I'm just going to constantly be chowing down and chewing and like talking with my mouth full just to kind of, I was just, I was kind of doing an experiment and I booked it. (laughs) (laughs) So You can do whatever you want at the audition. No, but I had one that was like excruciating. Um, The scene I was auditioning for, uh, it was like, um, you had to wear like shorts and a, and a little sports bar. So like a fitness thing, like running shoes or something like something you work out in. Um, and I went to the casting and I look around pre COVID and everyone is like high heels, little mini skirts and a top, like a, a little, you know, like going out top. Mm. And I'm sitting in my tennis shoes and my like neon shorts and my turquoise sports bar going, I mean, it must be a different character. So I come in there and the whole scene is like, I completely misunderstood it. We're like in a club. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like in there, you know, I, I mean, it was like complete disaster, you know? And again, you know, I booked it like every, every time I feel like I've booked those parts, I was always like completely wrongly dressed, you know, like, <laughs> Same thing. I wore yoga clothes. I was supposed to wear high heels to another thing. And I was wearing flip-flops. So I just did the whole audition in bare feet. So it's like, I always feel like 
the, the the auditions I do best at is the ones that kind of throw me that takes me for a loop because sometimes yeah. I, I have a tendency to over prepare. I think, mm. you know, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I miss auditioning in person. I I like auditioning in person. Um, me too. I'm yeah, a I'm an in person audition person <laughs> yeah they, it just yeah. feels better I like having the experience with people um but I also like you know mistakes like that because I feel like then you just automatically stand out in their mind too like yeah remember that girl who like oh yeah just <laughs> didn't wear heels even when we told everybody to wear heels I think we like her <laughs> like yeah you know, I think it just it helps create that personal personal connection Soul yeah. tapes feel so I don't know, rigid and, and just not, yeah. not connected. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I miss, I miss that. I mean, my favorite is just direct bookings, you know, from yeah. work. Yeah. So you don't have to audition, but sometimes yeah. I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, um, let's talk about your new movie that just came out cold yeah. meat with Alan Leach. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, it's uh, you know, it's so much fun because it's like a play. It feels like mm. a play that's inside a movie. That was my first attraction to the project. And, you know, no audition. It was, um, you know, direct offer, which is always great. And then it, it, it was just such a, a, a great character because she's so different from what I used, used to play. You know, I normally mm. play the more like the badass, the video games, the sexy, the something. And uh, Anna is just a normal girl. Uh, you know, a mm. beaten down waitress who has an abusive ex-husband, soon to be ex-husband, and she lives with her mom. She says, you know, she's a single mom with her daughter, and, you know, um, she's just a regular girl who's struggling. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it, it was it was very interesting to live in her shoes. Yeah. Yes. But she finds her strength. Anna is not a pusher. You know, she finds her strength. I just want the audience to know <laughs> what's yeah. um so it's different than the normal roles that you are um that you are asked to play yes did you find yourself preparing for the project in a different way as well um well I always you know try to you know I I'm all about preparation like uh, that's my favorite part of the whole process is the preparation so, um, you know, I, I try to prepare as much and Ellen Leach's character is based after two real characters, actually, um, oh, that wow. did exist, uh, that, that are real. So I found those two characters and I did all the research I could. And, um, and, and then on the girls, uh, that was part of this whole, um, true story. And, um, and then I had to do a lot of, uh, digging because I'm, where I'm at now in my life, I'm very far from Anna. So I mm. had to kind of go back to who I used to be. You know, I know mm. what it's like to be with someone abusive. I know what it's like to have shitty jobs and be a cocktail waitress. I know what it's like to, you know, uh, struggle like that and feel like you don't have a choice in a small town and feeling trapped and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I did a lot of, a lot of uh, character work because she talks, she sits different, she stands different. Mm. Yeah, everything is, is is different and then she transforms throughout um the movie but it's very 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 subtle so mm. it was um it was a very um yeah it was a tough one because she's so subtle i'm a lot more dramatic and a lot more like physical and she's not she's very subtle 
Yeah. Sounds like it it must have been a very like rewarding experience though, being able to to strip yourself and really figure out who this character was. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was rewarding. I'm thinking about, I don't know if I felt rewarded. I felt, you know, to go to the places and live where she lived, um, you know, it wasn't very fun (laughs) to go there because I worked so hard to get away from who she is. Mm. Um, But I I, I think what was rewarding was to bring her to life and have a, a really good co-star. You know, Alan was a really great co-star and we had a great director who uh, uh, like throughout the movie would let us kind of take the steering wheel. He's had that project for 10 years. So he had a very wow. rigid idea of what he wanted. He saw every shot, he saw every character. And as we started working on it, he was like, whoa, that's, you know, cause he had it in his mind for 10 years. And, and as we started working, he kind of, would let us do our thing more and more and more so we could Mm. you know bring you know whatever it was we had prepared and how we saw them so no it was a lot of fun it was like being back in it felt like we were doing a play or we were like we were rehearsing a lot we were doing long scenes very long takes so it felt like I, i felt like i was i was doing a play again and and you know that that's the fun part like you get to play and try out things and be creative and Instead of hit your mark and say your line, you know, we got to go there and everyone wanted to go there. And the guy who plays my husband really went there too. Yeah. He was very scary. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's a sweetheart in real life. Whoa. Yeah. You're like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was interesting because you know, Mm. yeah, it was, it's a very interesting experience. Yeah. Well, and the movie's out now um, on demand and in select theaters um what's next for you do you have anything on the docket yeah i have um a movie coming out i think it's may 26th with aaron eckhart you know and another fantastic uh, actor that jesse b yeah. johnson did i worked with jesse in hell hath no fury where i play mm-hmm. a french resistance fighter so that's like a fun action movie and um i actually play a very different character very very different character uh um i'm not the lead in it but it's a great part and uh, so that one is coming out and then i have two projects for sure that i'm doing this year um um they haven't announced them yet i was hoping it would be announced by now (laughs) that's okay because now i'll just tell people that they have to follow you on social media to keep social media all i can say is there's a lot to do with motorcycles there's lots of because i ride you know ride motorcycles and race so Oh, yeah. very fun. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a fun one. That one is a fun one, yeah. The next one that I'm working on, yeah. Heck yeah, but yeah. social and media, what, yeah, they need to, yeah. What is your social media so that people it's can keep name, up? Nina Bergman. Nina and Bergman. Instagram is um, the best way to follow me. I have a website, ninabergman.com, but the best is uh, Instagram, you know, I have Twitter too, Facebook, uh, I don't dance on TikTok, not yet. So, not... <laughs> not yet, though. Not yet. No, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, um, I'm very excited for all the stuff that you have coming out. And um, it's been such a joy talking to you. So thank you so much for stopping by the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was fun.
Thanks again to Nina. Make sure to check out Cold Meat in theaters and on demand now. Tune in in two weeks for another brand new episode. And as always, thanks for coming in. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.